What's happening, everybody? On today's show, some of the aftermath of the SEC scheduling for 2024. What are some of the best games? We'll get you caught up of some SEC recruiting news, beer sales coming to Kentucky football, and a big weekend awaits in Omaha. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. All right, let's dive into it as uh, we discuss some of the aftermath of the SEC 2024 scheduling coming out. And Paul Feinbaum was on ESPN this week talking about uh, what matchups he thinks are going to be the most premier ones. And no surprise, he believes that Georgia's trip to face Alabama in Tuscaloosa is his pick for the game of the year since 2010. The Bulldogs and the Crimson Tide have faced off in more SEC championship games than actual on-campus meetings so this is going to be really fun Paul Feinbaum said look this is the headline I know we're talking a lot about Oklahoma and Texas and we should be but nationally people are saying Alabama and Georgia are playing sometime during the season and that is going to be the the ultimate game of the year and so that gets us to Greg McElroy he discussed some of his top games for the season and as he ranked them number one on his list it's Alabama Georgia and again I don't think you can disagree with that one uh, being the premier one. McElroy said it should be an incredible matchup between two best in the sport. And uh, since that September 2008 meeting in Athens uh, went to Alabama, Alabama and Georgia have only met the regular season twice. And Alabama's won both those games. But things have started to tilt, obviously, in the favor of Georgia in recent uh, in recent years. So uh, we will see what happens in that game that is uh, absolutely one of the premier ones that everybody is going to have their eyes on number uh, two on his matchups that uh, this is greg McElroy that he's really looking forward to it's texas a&m and texas he says there's no love lost in that rivalry those two programs hate each other more than just about anybody and this is what i've been saying too with the uh the addition of of texas to the sec i mean this fits right into the footprint i know it was a big 12 rivalry and all the other conferences they played in before but now bringing this to the sec uh this is a game that was played every year from 1915 right up to 2011 and you know that's when a&m jumped ship for the sec and there's been all these arguments on trying to get the game back on the schedule and now we finally have it uh texas does lead the all-time series 76 37 and 5 but a&m went 15 13 against the longhorns from 1984 to 2011 and won three of six before they left for the sec so that game is going to be absolutely phenomenal i I, i'm putting it on my schedule i will be at kyle field for that game it is going to be absolutely incredible uh another matchup that they think is a premier one this is uh greg mcelroy he thinks georgia uh and texas he says that might be arch manning's first year as a starting quarterback arch you know if you believe the the recruiting news was down to texas and georgia chose the Longhorns over the Bulldogs. He said there's a lot of tentacles when you evaluate that game. Uh, Quinn Ewers is believed to be entrenched as the Texas starter this year, but 
you know, by 2024, he if he has a great year this year, could end up going pro, and that could be the start of the Arch Manning era in Austin. And, of course, was the number one overall recruit in the 2021 class. So, high expectations for that one. Uh, next up, Greg McElroy has Oklahoma versus Alabama. He said, it's a game we haven't seen in 20 years. Look forward to that matchup. Oklahoma and Bama faced each other only six times in history. The last meeting was an Alabama shellacking of Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray in 2018. The time before that, you got to go back to that 2014 uh, upset where OU beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. I believe that was, was that Trevor Knight at quarterback? I'm trying to remember. But the two sides, they played a home and home in 02 and 03 as the only regular season meetings between them and Oklahoma won both of those. So that will be a fun one. And then lastly, uh, in Greg McElroy's top five matchups on the 2024 schedule, he's got Arkansas versus Texas. He said Texas does not view Arkansas as a rival, but I can promise you Arkansas views Texas as one. Texas leads the series all-time 56-23, to but they've only met in the regular season once since 2008. Arkansas took a 2021 meeting in Fayetteville 40-21, to upsetting the number 15th-ranked Longhorns at the time and set the table for a nine-win season now Greg McElroy went on to talk about you know which are the toughest schedules he says I think Georgia's schedule is absolutely brutal when you look at their schedule uh you get five games away from home their games played outside of Athens uh in 2022 when it combined 40 and 25 uh, that includes an 11 and 2 Alabama an 8 and 5 Texas 8 and 5 Ole Miss 7 and 6 Kentucky and then Florida being the one team they play away from Athens that went under 500 he says, we all know what the rivalry is like and, and what might be here two years from now as Billy Napier continues to hopefully get the Gators back on track. I think the schedule is brutal given what should be relatively manageable for the dogs. So, you know, again, it's it's home games against Auburn and Florida, Mississippi State and Tennessee, and, of course, the Florida game being a neutral site. But then at Alabama, at Texas, at Kentucky, keep in mind, Kentucky always gives Georgia a fight in, uh, in Lexington. And then uh, at Ole Miss, which, you know, is, is never an easy one. So it's an interesting schedule for uh, for Georgia. And, and, you know, again, compare it to this year's schedule where everybody thinks they have a cakewalk. Um, you know, 2024 is going to be a lot tougher for Kirby Smart and company. Now, McElroy uh, was on uh, ESPN and, and Dari Noka asked him, you know, which one has the most manageable schedule? Who, who should be looking at their schedule and say, we lucked out? He says... I think LSU has a fairly manageable schedule. You get Alabama at home, that's a tricky one, but we'll use the same metric that we graded Georgia on. Their home schedule, the opponents combined to go just 30 and 21. That include or last season. That includes Alabama, who was nine games over 500. But you combine Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and Vanderbilt, those three teams went 500 overall. And you think about the road trips, just one game over 500, 26 and 25 last year for those teams that they'll be traveling to next year. And that includes Arkansas at Arkansas at Florida at South Carolina and at Texas A&M now McElroy's uh, broadcast partner Cole Kublick he had an interesting thought talking about uh, the the Oklahoma and Texas uh, rivalry in Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC uh, Cole had a little bit of advice for those schools he said let me educate you guys on what the real difference is when you come to the SEC we love to hate more than we love to love period that's it. We love the other team that we root against the most to lose more than we love for our team to win. And a lot of people can't internally admit that, but when you watch them or talk to them, it's blatantly obvious that it's happening. You go to social media, and it is a very real thing. So uh, 
kind of funny there that the Cole Kublik talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it is true for, for the most part across the SEC. There, there are, you know, fans that want to see their rival lose more than they want to see their team win. It's just the makeup of, of uh, a lot of SEC fandom. Now, RJ Young, he was very critical of the SEC and the scheduling for 2024. This is the Fox Sports uh, analyst. He said, look, if you have the best conference in football, don't you think we would like to see you play each other? He said, when, why the SEC wouldn't want to have Oklahoma and Texas play Alabama and Georgia every other year? Uh, he said, why would you hide that from us? Uh, that's what the sport is about. The sport is not about ducking and dodging and trying to build a schedule soft enough to get you undefeated into December. You know, when we talk about the schedule, you know, A&M avoids both Bama and Georgia in 2024. There are some nuances that fall, you know, in line to benefit certain teams and then other teams have tougher roads. So we'll see how it plays out. Of course, 2024 is a full year away. A lot of things can change. We could have different coaches. We'd have a lot of players going off to, uh, to the transfer portal or going to the NFL draft. So the whole makeup of these teams could look very different in 2024, but it's fun to kind of look ahead. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we will get to some SEC recruiting tidbits. That's coming your way in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Look, Bird Dogs is doing their part to make you look good with their stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg to give you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. Fit better than your regular shorts. They're made of that stiff, restricting cotton. They fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Of course, you got all the great benefits of bird dogs. You can um, wear them just about anywhere. They're versatile. You can wear them on a date. You can wear them to the office. You can wear them uh, to a water park. Whatever you want, bird dogs has got you covered. And best part is right now, for our listeners, if you go to birddogs.com slash college, you can get that free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Birddogs.com slash college. All right, continuing on here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. As we dive back into it, we got plenty to discuss, uh, particularly on the recruiting front. So uh, let's dive back into it as we discuss Kentucky. Well, let's start here. Beer sales, first off. Kentucky is going to allow beer sales inside Kroger Field beginning with the 2020-23 season. That is according to a report from Matt Jones over at Kentucky Sports Radio. And he says uh, the Wildcats, they began selling alcohol at baseball and softball games this season, kind of to test it out as a primer and see uh, how things would go. And everything went well. So Matt Jones saying that a uh, craft beer selection at football games may be in the cards, but that hasn't been decided yet. It's unclear if an official decision has been reached yet for Rupp Arena beer sales, but Kentucky will begin their football season September 2nd at home against Ball State. Beer sales coming. All right, Kentucky fans, get ready and drink responsibly, please. Let's uh, dive into some recruiting news as we start over at uh, Mississippi State. Actually, no, transfer portal news first. Rufus Harvey, wide receiver for Mississippi State, put his name into the transfer portal. Three seasons there in Starkville. Uh, he's a Starkville native, appeared in 13 games with six starts last season, working primarily as their slot receiver. Uh, Harvey's currently enrolled summer classes at Mississippi State, so in order to have immediate eligibility, he will need to graduate from Mississippi State before transferring. 
Uh, he was with the team throughout the spring, but did not participate in, st- in spring ball as he was rehabbing an injury, according to the Clarion Ledger. Uh, Going to be interesting to see where he ends up. He's had uh, over 500 yards receiving, three touchdowns on 53 catches last year. It was a nice little breakout year for him. He's the sixth Mississippi State wide receiver to enter the portal since the end of last season and the fifth since the program hired Zach Arnett as head coach. I think this is just, look, the unfortunate, untimely death of of, of Mike Leach has just kind of changed the landscape of, you know, the air raid offense, and it's going to look very different different with Kevin Barbe coming in, moving away from that air raid. And uh going to be interested to see what Will Rogers looks like as well, uh, one of our favorite players in the SEC. But, you know, is he going to put up those gaudy numbers now getting away from the air raid offense? We will see. All right, I've been teasing it. Now we get into some recruiting news. Auburn commit Jamarian Burnett announced Thursday he is shutting down his recruitment and staying committed to the Tigers. He said, thank you to every single coach that's given me the opportunity to play football at the next level. I'll be shutting down my recruitment. He's a four-star prospect, one of the highest-rated players in Auburn's 2024 class. Been committed to the Tigers since March. He's the number 216 overall player, number 16 running back in the country. Uh, he's the number 14 player from the state of Alabama. So, uh, again, not, not really a pickup there for Auburn, but just a confirmation that he is sticking with the Auburn Tigers. Meanwhile, four-star linebacker Joseph Phillips, he announced his commitment this week, and he is committed to Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers. He had a top five that included Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson, and Texas A&M. He's six foot two, 240 pounds. He's Auburn's third commitment uh, in recent days after receiver Bryce Kane and uh, defensive back Kensley Faustin all committed to uh, to Auburn. Phillips currently number eight among rising senior prospects in the state of Alabama. And uh, Auburn, fifth in-state commitment so far. They're doing a good job of keeping some of the Alabama kids in-state and uh, keeping them away from the Crimson Tide. Meanwhile, over at Texas A&M, they are picking up a recruit in Miles O'Neill, heading down from the New England area. He is committed to Texas A&M. He is six foot five, two hundred twenty pounds, and uh, the number fifty three quarterback overall for the class of twenty twenty four. Bunch of schools were after him, and with him on board, Texas A and M now sits at seven commitments for the twenty twenty four class. O'Neill is the second quarterback pledge in their class, joining Anthony Maddox from the state of Mississippi. Over at LSU, they landed a commitment from a cornerback from the Nashville area, Andre Evans. He had re- released his group of five finalists last week and chose LSU. Six foot one, 180 pounds, rated as a four-star recruit in the 24-7 composite rank- rankings. Uh, LSU also picking up a three-star wide receiver out of the state of Louisiana and Kylan Billiot. Six foot three, 195 pounds, a multi-sport athlete. I believe he has some track speed, so that is a good pickup there for Brian Kelly and company. Meanwhile, over at Ole Miss, they picked up a commitment, a three-star offensive lineman from the state of Louisiana, Jude Foster. He's the number 74 interior offensive lineman in the country, pulling him out of Baton Rouge right under from under LSU's nose. Over at Missouri, they picked up a commitment from their quarterback for a quarterback in the class of 2024, Daniel or. Aiden Glover, rather, three-star quarterback Aiden Glover. He replaces their former commit, Daniel Kalen, who flipped to Nebraska earlier this offseason. Uh, Aiden Glover, the number 66 quarterback in the country. 
Also the number 35 player from the state of Tennessee. And lastly, recruiting news, Clark Lee and company at Vanderbilt adding a piece to their recruiting class, picking up three-star cornerback Galijah Theodore. He had offers from Kansas, Illinois, among others. He's the number 111 corner in the country. He's a Miami, Florida native, and Vandy now has eight commits in their 2024 class, led by three-star quarterback Jeremy St. Hilaire, ranks in the top 50 nationally, according to the 24-7 composite rankings. And there you have it. That is... The latest news going on around conference with recruiting and whatnot. All right, coming up next here on Locked on SEC, we are going to take you into um, a primer for the College World Series. That's coming your way in just a second. But as always, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And shout out to our everydayers for coming and joining us every single day right here on Locked on SEC. All right, continuing on here, our final segment here on Locked on SEC. And again, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. And just a few tidbits before we get out of here. The uh, College World Series taking place this weekend. And uh, just a little baseball tidbit as Paul Skeens, he has added another honor during his special season at LSU, picking up the Dick Hauser Trophy as the National Player of the Year. Of course, six foot six, 247 pounds. And we'll make his start uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night, against Tennessee in Omaha at the College World Series. Leads the SEC in wins, strikeouts, ERA, innings pitched, and opponent batting average. An incredible season he has had. And uh, we'll see what he does against Tennessee. And it is a big weekend for the College World Series and the SEC. Opening up this afternoon, it will be Oral Roberts and TCU, followed by the nightcap, Virginia and Florida. So we will be rooting for the Gators here uh, rooting for all the SEC teams. Unfortunately, on Saturday, we will get Tennessee versus LSU, so two teams going up against one another. But uh, nonetheless, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch all the action out there in Omaha. And uh, again, rooting for uh, may the best SEC team win between LSU, Florida, and uh, Tennessee. And one last note before we uh, get out of here, wanted to mention the uh, SEC Media Days coming up in just a couple weeks, and the SEC announcing that uh, they will feature a free concert for fans when they move SEC Media Days to Nashville in July. Uh, the league announced Thursday the concert will take place July 18th, one day after the media event begins. Grammy-nominated band Midland is going to serve as the headliner there from the state of Texas, and they're coming up there to Nashville to perform for any SEC fans that want to take in the free concert, it'll be uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. It'll be part of a special edition of SEC Nation that is going to air on ESPN2 and the SEC Network that night. For years, the SEC, of course, held the annual event in Hoover, Alabama. That's you know kind of the signals the unofficial kickoff of the new football season. Greg Sankey saying we're excited to bring SEC Football Media Days to Nashville as we kick off the 2023 season. When we began moving Media Days to new locations, we wanted to enjoy the experience, unique and present to in each community, and we look forward to that Tuesday night concert blending Music City with SEC football. So that'll start on July 17th through the 20th over in Nashville. Of course, we'll be there for you live covering all of the action, so make sure you uh, keep it locked here to Locked on SEC. Subscribe to our video version of the show, the podcast version, and all that. And, of course, thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Come back on Monday. We'll be recapping all the action from Omaha, get you caught up on more recruiting news, and, of course, some SEC football tidbits going along the way as we roll through the summer. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. We'll talk to you on Monday.